Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my listeners, my Unlucky Lounge rats. Thank you for tuning in and swinging on by the Unlucky Lounge for a brand new episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of the Unlucky Lounge. And joining me, as always, is the 2-2. That's just too cool to fully understand. He's my main man, Borak. Borak, how are you feeling on this mysterious day? There certainly are some queries to unravel. You see, in the last week, we got quite a bit of information on the Kaldheim set releasing early in 2021. And we're going to unravel some of that information, some of the theme and regular set spoilers we've already gotten, alongside dissecting Morrow's annual teaser post on his blog blogatog. But before we get to all of that, a few bits of housekeeping. As always, this show is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com, or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. This show is always created as well for all of you out there, my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. So find us on socials. That's on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey. You can find me on Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez. And if the show is giving you some delight, think about exploring our Patreon. Great tiered benefits, acknowledgement to every single one of my patrons currently on there. Thank you so much for helping support the show. And we would love for all of you out there as well to help support this as well. The show will always be free, but if we give you some joy, think about giving something back at patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, that is enough of the housekeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet, and Borok, it's time for us to put our detective hats on. Oh, come on, Borok. The hat is not silly. It looks quietly dignified on you. Oh, Borok, stop being so complainy pants. You're just wearing the hat for the episode to do the whole noir thing. In any case... All of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats, we have in front of us a bunch of mysterious information, all to do with the next magic set of Kaldheim. We've got the Blogatog spoiler post. We have a few extra spoiler cards that have already come out, plus some things from theme boosters. And using all this information, we might just be able to predict what is in store for us come February in the multiverse. Now, with these episodes, just so everyone knows, there's no actual true information. This is just a fun little guessing experiment using what we have and knowing the game as a whole. Maybe, just maybe, we can pull out a few things that we might expect using whatever information we have right now and see what the plane of Kaldheim is up to. So let's lower the lights. 
Let's bring the crowd down to a dull roar and cue up that noir music because it's time for us to go straight into detective mode. A wise man once said the only things that a person could expect in life are death and taxes. Who knew that philosopher was a modern player? But I'd add another thing to that list too. Every three to four months, we get a deep mystery that slides across our desk. And this time, the mystery points its way to the newest discovered plane of Kaldheim. A land of myths, giants, elves, snow everywhere. And deep within those cold recesses lies a conundrum as deep as the frozen tundras of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Snow drifts as far as the eyes can see that conceal nothing but subterfuge underneath. And we're going to see what kinds of things we can make come to light with our top five predictions, guesses, summations for the plane of Kaldheim. I am not laying it on too thick. We're having fun, okay? It's a mysterious mystery episode. Excuse me, Mr. Bartender. I am not sus whatsoever. Well, if that's all you're going to say, then let's move to number five on our top predictions for Kaldheim. Number five on our list of predictions, based off of Mark Rosewater's little Kaldheim teaser, it is actually the first one on his list. A five-color legendary enchantment. A bit mysterious, don't you think, for a set that doesn't really seem like it's going to be based off multicolor. From what we have already, it looks like a pretty straight-down-the-line, two-color kind of limited environment. Even larger than that, Sometimes these rares aren't even designed for limited play. But this doesn't feel like any kind of multicolor set that I've seen thus far. But we gotta think about ourselves. Five color. It means that it's covering all the domains. It is with all the color pie of magic. We also know that Kaldheim itself is a plane based around Norse mythology. So what surrounds all the different stories? The epic tales of battle, the yawns of brave deeds done over and over again, and that of revels, and gods, and might. Well, there's two legitimate thoughts and theories that can go to this. First off, we've already had confirmed that we are going to see the return of a pretty amazing subtype known as Sagas. That's right, friends. Kaldheim's gonna have sagas. We're gonna tell some real stories in this world. And the first saga that was spoiled was a multicolor saga. Showdown of the Skalds. It's a forecasting saga, three chapters in red-white. This is the first time we've seen sagas in two colors, my unlucky lounge rats. So who's to say they don't go a little bit further with this? 
and they try to make a saga that's five colors. But wait, we gotta go back to the clue itself. A five color legendary enchantment. I mean, sagas, they're not legendary. What's the point? Well, if we're on the right track, and maybe there's a five color saga building into the set at that mythic rare level, why not go to five chapters? We've already seen four back in Theros Beyond Death. Why not go the extra step? Five chapters to this tale. And the tale itself is so epic. The effect is so powerful. You just can't have two on the battlefield at the same time. The multiverse itself would unravel. That's part number one of my theory. But part number two, that's the real nail in the coffin that might make this a case-closed type situation. If we look at the Norse mythology based on Kaldheim, what's a central tenement that surrounds all the tales? Something that is the origin point for all these things. Something that's even made its way into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Yggdrasil Tree. The Yggdrasil Tree, the Tree of Life, the thing that is the center of everything that goes on here. The Yggdrasil Tree that may have just made its appearance in the Kaldheim teaser trailer. I wouldn't be too far removed from my sanity to make the statement that we might just see a five-color legendary five-chapter Yggdrasil Tree enchantment side. I'll tell you what. I'd be first in line to try and play that in Commander. What about you? Am I getting hopes up? Or is this us finding the clue to pin the culprit? Five color legendary enchantment, Yggdrasil Saga. I got my eye on you. Number four on our top five prediction list starts off with a rather innocuous statement on Mr. Mark Rosewater's blogger talk post, but we've got the string theory ready and we're going to connect it to a whole bunch of other things. The statement, a black creature that can copy other creatures, that's not something black can do. No, that's a blue mechanic. Why does black get to copy creatures now? That seems unfounded, unheard of, maybe. It sounds mythic. That's right, I don't believe that this card could be anything but a mythic rare. This ability being something nearly completely new that we've seen. Without black being combined with blue in the past, that means that this kind of mechanic deserves a spotlight in the mythic sun. Now black before, it can steal resources from your opponents. We've seen it. Look at Praetor's Grasp. One black black sorcery from new phyrexia you search your opponent's deck for a card exile it and then you can cast it spending any mana to pay for its colors look at ganti lord of luxury look at the top four cards of your library two three death touch for four you can exile one of them and cast it for the rest of the game using any mana to satisfy its colors black's got something kind of similar going on here but what's the through line these are rares these are big effects, and I'd be willing to say the way that this statement is so bold and brazen out there, we're going to see an equivalent bold and brazen card. We've already established with the previous point number five, we're going to see a five color mythic legendary enchantment. That's a mythic rare slot, more likely than not already checkmarked. We've already seen a god in this set, 
Hala, God of Battle. We know there's gonna be MDFC gods. So if we got a black mythic effect, don't you think that we might just see this on a black god? I'm going straight to the fact that there's a limited amount of space that you can play in in the Mythic Rare slot. So I'm pinning this on, potentially, a Black God. On one side, who knows? Maybe it's like a scythe, a weapon that can steal the soul of a creature that it kills and can become that. Feels pretty reasonable to me. Give black tertiary and copying creatures. Expand the color pie. Magic's been known to do that. Look at impulse draw in red. Look at everything that green's doing in recent history, which is basically everything. Black deserves some time to expand, and where do they start with that? They start with a mythic flashy rare to make the set pop. I mean, heck, they did it with Feed the Swamp last set. Zendikar Rising. Black now has targeted enchantment removal. Black's gonna expand here, my unlucky lounge rats. So, okay. Let's say you buy it for a second. Let's say you're like, okay, Corey, you're a little bit of a conspiracy nut, but you might be on to something here. Where do you take it from there? What about the rest of the gods? Are you saying that they're all equipment on one side and creatures on the other? Maybe. Maybe each color here gets a certain equipment on one side, creature on the other. Maybe in blue you got some kind of, I don't know, big rock for giants to throw around. We know giants are going to be a thing here. Maybe they got some kind of wand. Maybe for red it's a massive hammer. I mean, come on. If there's not some kind of big mythic hammer in the set, what are we doing here in call time then, folks? Green, who knows, maybe a cowl. Maybe a sword, I don't know. Green could do everything, couldn't even tell you. But to me, the big bold statement of a black clone effect only leads to me that this is going to be the identity of the black god. And this just might cement the fact that each and every one of these MDFC gods are an equipment that's color-based in its own right. And it starts right here. Call me Charlie Kelly if you like. Call me Charlie Kelly if you like. Finding connections where there is none, but sometimes even the crazies of people are revolutionaries in their own time. That's fine, Borak. Call me off my rocker. I don't mind. I take it as a compliment. That means I'm thinking outside the box. Call me crazy, Borak. I don't mind. I wear that as a medal of honor. Hey, I'm not a boomer. No, number three. Ah, Borak, why'd you have to call me a boomer? You've thrown me off my game. Yeah, yeah, laugh it up, fuzzball, with that creepy laugh. Anyway, unlucky lounge rats, we'll be back in just a second once I get myself together. Borak, you stop laughing at me right now.
Welcome back, my unlucky lounge rat detectives, my mana screw man of gum shoes. We're back hot on the trail. I found my noir groove on. The mystery has resumed. <laughs> ah, 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 sticks and stones, my bear friend. Nothing you can do can make me fall off my post. I'm here, I'm in it. We're going to solve some Kaldheim mysteries, my friend. <laughs> Unfortunate for you, call me a boomer. Second time's not gonna work during the break. I already called myself a therapist. I'll take care and unload this emotional baggage later on. But I'm back on the case. It's time for number three on our top five prediction list. Now, number three, one might say this is already a case-closed situation with the things we saw from the already aforementioned spoilers. But I'm going to stake my claim right here, and it's all going to connect the next three in our top five list. But it begins here with all the previous spoilers alongside some of the clues. I say Kaldheim will be a light tribal set, quite similar to Potty in Zendikar Rising. Now... While Zendikar Rising encouraged multiple tribes with the party mechanic, I think Kaldheim is going to be the flip of that. Kaldheim is going to make you think about focusing on one of those tribes. Now I say this already knowing that Zendikar Rising has pretty much come and gone, and truthfully the limited format didn't really play out with White Party being the real standout. No, the four tribes, the creature tribes in Zendikar Rising, were truly the real way to net your best win percentage in that limited environment. Going clerics, going wizards. Maybe you can find that rogue blue-black deck. So truthfully, while I say this is new, Zendikar Rising, you're gonna set us up nicely for Kaldheim because the two are gonna function quite similarly. However, the way the two sets go about creating a smoothing mechanic between these archetypes are going to tell the verse of difference between these two sets and the way they play. While Zendikar Rising had you net value off of having a wide party, instead, Kaldheim is going to unite different tribes with different things. Number one, something we've already seen already, changelings are returning. This is a classic mechanic back from the Lawin days. A creature with changeling means that this creature has all creature types. This is a good mechanical smoothing type of keyword. And it should lead to much easier times to draft and find a way to take an off route when maybe, just maybe, a certain tribe doesn't turn out the way you want it to. Taking changelings early in call time is going to net you more win percentages. Mark my words now. But how else do these different creature tribes relate? Zendikar Rising, all about that class. Kaldheim, we're talking creature types. Angels, elves, giants, and more. But the different creature types are going to be connected by mechanical overlays. What are those mechanical overlays? Let's skip over to prediction number two on our list.
Now, while number two has that connection of my idea of the light tribal being connected not just by changelings, but also by mechanical overlays, it's also supported by a few more statements. In Mr. Morrow's blog or talk post, the two statements that he laid out, that there's going to be a card that allows you to kill someone with poison. The other statement, also part of number two here, a card that can make a token that's a copy of target permanent, but no mana. Poison comes from poison counters that you put onto a player. A card that can make a token, that's the copy of target permanent for no mana. There seems to be some kind of dichotomy already laying in just the spoilers between making tokens and making counters. Take for example, just one of those cards that was spoiled in the theme boosters, a black one. Thorn Mantle Striker, 4 in a black, 4-3 Elf Rogue. When it enters the battlefield, you remove X counters from target permanent, where X is the number of elves you control. Other mode, target creature an opponent controls gets minus X, minus X to end a turn, where X is the number of elves you control. Elves want to make lots of tokens. We saw this already in the black green commander that's going to be the commander decks going straight to retail outlets it likes to make a lot of elf tokens compare contrast that to the other side that this card is taking care of and that's removing counters there's gonna be some mechanical overlaps between different tribes whether they make counters or they make tokens so what if in this limited set you could make choices of whether you want to build towards counters or tokens or maybe a particular tribe. You can do more than one thing with a certain color pair that makes for a healthy limited format with many decks and different tribes that could be compared and contrasted just based off of their token or counter theming. But as we're speaking already, there's a lot of complication. There's a lot of new mechanics that seem to be coming out. We already saw one name dropped on the white-blue commander. So what are they going to do to make it easier? Well, they're going to do what they do best. They're going to bring back returning mechanics. Look at sagas. Sagas have counters. What else works with counters? What possible mechanic can add counters to something, maybe to speed up what your sagas are gonna do. I mean, look at the saga that we saw already. It encourages you to potentially put another counter on it to double up your plus one plus one counters alongside the cards that you impulse draw in chapter one. What mechanic puts counters onto something? It's a beloved one known as Proliferate. What if Proliferate is back in call time? Oh yes, Borok, I'm clearly aware that Proliferate just came back in War of the Spark, but guess what? It was just there, just a little tinkling of it. There really wasn't that much in the world of Proliferate in War of the Spark. We could blow it out more here in Call Time, and truthfully, all that Proliferate has rotated out of standard. It's no longer there. Let's get some more on there, and if you ask me, I'd make proliferate an evergreen mechanic it's sweet it's incremental it does a lot of good in a lot of different places i'm staking my flag get proliferate into more sets but i'll take it a step further 
if we're gonna talk about reprising old mechanics, we did one for Kanos. What about tokens? Let's not leave tokens out in the cold. Get it? Call time cold. Hey, 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 Copernicus, why don't you try making up some comedy? You got no respect. Now, I'm not gonna say we're gonna see a returning mechanic for tokens, but I'm gonna talk about a subset of tokens. A subset of tokens that has made a massive push in the last few years. And that's going to lead me to our final prediction for our Kaldheim Blogger Talk Mystery Top 5. A number one statement from the Blogger Talk post is I quote, Numerous new non-creature tokens. Non-creature tokens, you say? Do any of these sound familiar? Food tokens, treasure tokens, clue tokens. What about Lithoform Engine making a bunch of different kinds of tokens too? There's a pattern here, folks. They are exploring token space and what can be done with it. Let me draw you to something else. An episode that goes back to one of our original inceptions. I'm talking about the Mystery Boosters. It has been there in the past and it's coming back again. In Mystery Boosters, the convention edition, they showcased a play design test card that made token lands. Do you think it's outside the realm of possibility for us to make a token land? I think not. We've had way more complicated things already hit the wave of Magic the Gathering. And with the rise of digital being accessible to everyone on the laptop, that means that things that are previously super complicated can become way more reasonable to grok and to understand. You fire up Arena, you play out the cards from the newest standard set, you understand how they work in Paper Magic. It becomes cyclical. You buy the product, you play with them on your spell table, you engage with them in Commander. Suddenly, a token land doesn't seem so foreign or so scary now does it but we could go even further than that what other kind of effects could we potentially see in color sacrificable artifacts that you get off of different card effects well if food tokens gain your life what if you have something that does damage colorless cards deal damage a uh, blazing torch scalding cauldron you could call it a snowball Anyone can throw a snowball. It's colorless. One damage, sacrifice it to any target. What if we get snowballs now alongside food tokens and clue tokens and treasure tokens? Hey! I'm not acting sus. Well, friends, that was quite the ride, but there's our top five blogatog predictions for call time. But... We want to know what you think. We talked about gods. We talked about a dichotomy between tokens and counters. Heck, we even predicted a Yadrissal tree card. But does any of it really resonate with you? If so, let us know on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey. You can find me on Instagram, Corey Damone Enriquez. And if the show is giving you some joy, think about joining us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft for some great tiered benefits. The show will always be free, but we super appreciate anyone that can help us out. That includes all of our current patrons. Thank you so much for helping make this show a reality. Well, friends, 
it looks like I've found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok, and this has been Draft and Draft. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.